Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we are doing a crash course in writing. I've released six episodes entirely about me reading my fanfiction out loud to date, not counting our travel that we do every episode, and I think it's a common enough thing we do here for me to have another episode about the process of making them. Today, we're going to be discussing how I get inspired to write, what strategies I use while writing, how I edit, the ins and outs of recording myself reading them, and just general tips and tricks on writing your story. I've gotten a couple requests in my Spotify Q&As to do more fanfiction, but that takes a lot of time, and my friend Addie and I have a literal whole fanfiction novel that we'll release in a couple months, so instead I figured I would just talk about the process. Before we get into that, we have a couple things to mention first. It is now April, which means it is Earth Month. We have such a beautiful planet that we all depend on for the essentials of life. There are a lot of steps we as a society can take to help protect it, and there are also a lot of steps that we as individuals can take. I would suggest that you do some research this month and read the stories of inspiring groups that have made a difference in the climate struggle, find some strategies that you can use in daily life to save energy, and educate yourself on these signs of the situation. Also, we can just take the time to celebrate the beauty of the natural world, go on more walks, visit nature museums, go to zoos or aquariums, and just give thanks for all the unique life on this planet. Moving on, on a very different note, if you consider yourself an artist, a doodler, a Lego connoisseur, or just a person capable of holding a pencil, please consider submitting some art to a good cause. The BCU Illustration Project is an ongoing effort to gather a piece of art for all 86 voicemails that make up the Voicemail Cinematic Universe audio drama. The BCU novel that Addie and I wrote can't be released until this project is fully illustrated, so please check out the link in the description and send in some art. Also, I put a poll on Spotify last episode asking if you would like me to publish, or make public, your responses to the Q&As, or leave them private. 50% of you said you'd like them to be published, and 50% of you said you didn't know or didn't care. Since none of you asked for them to be kept private, I have come to a decision about this. Starting this very day, all future Spotify Q&A responses will be made public. This will not affect any previously submitted responses. Those will stay hidden. I want to make sure you all knew this as a warning so you don't write something and then freak out when you see it published. So please keep this in mind. If I get comments saying that you'd like me to keep them hidden again, then I can always switch back. Also, as some of you may know, if you follow my friend Addie's podcast, Jedi Archives, and if you don't, what are you doing? Go follow her. She has very kindly reached out and asked me to guest on her show along with my little brother and her little sister for International Siblings Day, and that will probably be released sometime in the next few days. There's a link in the description to her podcast that I highly suggest you check out. If that episode has not dropped yet when you're currently listening, just catch up on some of her other episodes and give her all the support you can. Finally, and I promise this is the last thing, there have been some holidays lately that we are going to acknowledge. 
Ramadan is currently happening. It's from March 22nd's evening to sundown on April 20th this year. Passover just recently ended. That was from sunset on April 5th to nightfall on April 13th. And Easter was this past Sunday, April 9th, just to name a few of the most commonly celebrated ones recently. If you celebrate any of these holidays, I hope your time was full of reflection, coming together with your community, and giving thanks. But without further ado, let's talk about how writing projects even get started. For me, most ideas don't just float naturally into my mind before I even ask for them. I either spend a lot of time staring at the blank document, trying to think of anything remotely useful, or I reach out to someone, usually other podcasts, asking for suggestions. I have to be actively looking for the ideas in order to find them. When I get really lucky, I'll just be watching a Star Wars show, and then something I see will prompt me to write about it, but this is a pretty rare occurrence. But somehow that wonderful idea does enter my mind, and it's time to start writing. Now, this is where a lot of writers vary in our personal preferences. Some like to plan every single detail of their story in an outline before they even start writing. Some just like to wing it with no plan. Others are in the middle and like to have a general outline. I don't have one set way of doing this. For my Drabbles and other short stories, for example, I don't find an outline to be necessary other than my starting idea. When I'm writing medium-length stories, such as Lead Us and the other several works I've released here in the pod, I will sometimes have a basic outline of plot points, but a lot of times this outline just exists in my mind. I know what I want to happen, and I just do it. However, when I'm writing the really big stuff, i.e. my novel with Addie, I like to have a more detailed outline. It doesn't have to have every single scene planned out, but I do like it to have most of the big plot points and several of the smaller ones too. This just helps me stay on track, make sure I'm checking all the parts of a plot diagram, which is another tool I obsessively use, and it just gives me a feel for where the story is going. So I've got my hopefully fantastic idea, and now an outline if I need it, and now I'm ready to start writing this thing. I always start at the very beginning. Some people can write a random thing in the middle first, but I find a sense of groundedness in starting from the bottom up. Sometimes I can't help myself, and after that first scene, I jump off to a really exciting part later on, but I like to at least start at the beginning. I establish the main characters, the setting, which includes both a place and a time, and add that first bit of personality. In my short story, Lead Us, I introduce Reva, Maiden, and Rey in the first scene. I show that they are in the Jedi Temple during the Clone War, and I express some of Reva's cautious leadership, Maiden's exuberance, and Rey's tactics. For me, characters are the single most important part of my story because they drive the plot, build relationships, and hopefully show so much development over the course of the story. And from there, I just work away at the story in reasonable amounts. I like to reference my plot diagram here and get the exposition, which is setting up the world and the characters' lives, the inciting incident, that one event that changes their lives so drastically that nothing can ever be the same again, and it also jumpstarts the plot, the rising action, 
which is just everything leading up to that huge confrontation or moment, the climax, which is the moment where everything the characters have gained could be lost, the falling action, where things are beginning to wrap up, and the resolution. All the loose ends are tied off, and a sense of closure is established. Now, there are a lot of times where I completely forget about following a plot diagram, and things don't always add up. That's where editing comes in. Now, if I'm working on a pretty big project, sometimes I start editing before I even finish the first draft. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this method unless you're on a big time crunch, because it helps to have a sense of separation between writing and editing. You get a greater sense of accomplishment and pride when you finish just writing the first draft, and sometimes I find that it feels a little less impressive when I've already moved on before I even finished my initial writing. But no matter where you start editing, it is a very important stage that I cannot emphasize enough. Editing is where you catch all the punctuation and grammar errors that make your work look unprofessional. Editing is where you realize that you completely forgot about a character for the past two chapters, and they have now mysteriously disappeared for a good chunk of the book. This is a true story that happened to me a few months ago that I still face palm about to this day. You know what I'm talking about, Addie. In short, editing is where you take this raw diamond in the rough and you polish it to become the glorious story you knew was under there all along. Even in my drabbles, which are basically the shortest stories ever, editing is so vital because I usually need to revise many sentences to fit in the word limit, and make it flow with the limited space I do have. For my editing process, unless there's a big plot issue that I need to figure out before anything else, I go all the way back to the very first page and just go through the story again, fixing as I go. Knowing me, I've probably forgotten about my plot diagram, or to give this or that problem resolution, or to give a character depth, and this is the perfect time to fix all that. You have these beautiful characters and storylines that you know are amazing, but if every page is full of spelling mistakes, and you were kind of sloppy with your climax, and Billy ended up in the cafeteria with no explanation of how he escaped from the sewer, not everyone's going to be able to see your vision. My advice? I know editing can be tedious, and you just want to be done with the project now but it's going to give so much more life and meaning to your story that you've worked so hard on already. Finally, after anywhere from an hour to a year of working on this writing project, you have finished editing, your work is polished and as good as you can make it, and you can sit back and congratulate yourself on this spectacular feat. I love this feeling almost as much as I love the stages of getting to this point. To me, the writing itself is the adventure, but it still does feel great to finish, especially if it's been a long time coming. It takes a lot of work, time, energy, and determination to write a story. I would almost say more so with fanfiction, because you have to take the base of building blocks someone else has made and build a tower that still works with that original foundation. You have to stay true to the characters and how they would act. You have to do a ton of research on things like planet, species, technology and anything else you can think of in the fandom that you're writing in. It can be a tad confining, 
but in many other ways, it's wonderful because you don't have to make everything from scratch yourself. You have these characters and this universe you love, and now you just get to take them on adventures and have fun and make your own endings. Whatever story you wish the producers had told, you get to make that happen for yourself. And no matter what type of writing it is, there are stories to be told that only you can tell, and there's a lot of magic in that. At this point, you get to choose who you're going to share this creation with and how. I have always found a lot of power in reading things out loud because you get to control exactly how your audience hears this story and how the characters say their lines. So this part is very specific to me and how I record my fanfiction. For my big novel I wrote with Addie, we have already spent months rehearsing reading it out loud and saying the lines and such. But for all of my other projects, this is not the case. I just pull up the sound recorder app and my documents, and I press record without ever having read it out loud before. In the early days of reading my fanfiction like this, about every three sentences I had to stop and redo it, which led to a lot of editing and wondering why I couldn't just do it right the first time. By now, after about three years of this, I have gotten to the point where I can get through multiple pages without having to stop and start anything over, which saves a lot of time. So if you're having a hard time with reading out loud, practice is one of the only things that's going to fix that, and it does work. Now, if I have any characters with a non-American accent, chances are I don't even give myself a chance to read it once and mess up. I see the line coming up, I stop reading, and I complain loudly into my microphone, which typically involves laughing sadly and whining, not the insert character name here voice. Even if the character does have an accent I'm familiar with, sometimes I still freak out and redo it a bunch. For instance, in last episode's travel, I had Zeb, who has possibly the lowest and most gravelly voice there has ever been, and what I believe to be a British accent, Wrecker, who is the second lowest and gravelliest voice and has a New Zealand accent, and Sabine. Now, I really shouldn't have problems with Sabine, but because I have a naturally lower female voice, and she has a pretty high one, and there's just something different about her voice, that one took a couple tries to do too. Basically, the different voices are definitely what gets me the most during recording, but despite how much I complain about it, reading my work out loud is one of my favorite parts of the whole process. I have always loved acting, it gives me a chance to play a role that has different mannerisms and emotions and attitudes, and it gives me a break from struggling to figure out who the heck I am and what my personality even is on a daily basis. There's my deep thought for the episode. But yes, bringing these characters to life makes me so happy, and I want to thank you all for supporting this podcast so it's even possible for me to put my voice out there like this. And the true last step, more editing, this time of my voice. When you're a podcaster, you can't afford to be afraid of the sound of your voice. There's just not enough time for that, and I just had to get over it within the first couple weeks. Like I said earlier, by now I've practiced enough that there isn't nearly as much to edit as before, but I still go through and listen to every single second in my recording. 
all I really do is edit out the parts that I assembled on and redid and fix a couple spacing issues here and there. I don't really worry about volume or things that I didn't already redo because at that point I am too tired to be picky and record parts again. This takes me about as long as the recording itself is plus four to seven minutes depending on how much there was to fix. There's not much else I can say about editing, only that you don't necessarily need to go buy a fancy audio editing software. I use Audacity. It's free, it's simple to use, has a lot of great features. I know of a few other podcasters who use it. I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for a free, good editing software. And that's about it for my process of writing. From idea brainstorming to the second round of editing, I hope you enjoyed these insights into how these episodes go, and hopefully you got some tips or something you related to. Now, let's move on to our final segments. We did get one voicemail this week, so let's transition over. Let's hear a word from Retta. Hey Lucy, it's Retta. Just wondering what your thoughts are on the new Ahsoka trailer. I, yeah, I woke up Friday morning to a notification from somebody in the Empire Radio Discord tagging me, letting me know that it had dropped, and it was like one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. I was so excited. I've probably seen it at least 30 times and have watched so many breakdowns and listened to so many theories about it. I just... I'm so beyond excited. I can't wait to see Ahsoka and Sabine and Hera back in action together. I hope, I like, I really hope Ezra shows up sooner than later so that we actually get to see him quite a bit during the season. Um, yeah, I'm super curious your thoughts on this and can't wait for your next episode. So thanks. May the force be with you. Thank you for sending this in, Retta. It is wonderful to hear your voice. I am so glad you're this excited about the Ahsoka show and its trailer. You sound very joyful. Unfortunately, the trailer dropped on a pretty rough day for me, and let's just say there were numerous tears shed afterwards. I think it was just the combined emotion of the day and the reminder that Ashley Eckstein isn't playing Ahsoka anymore that got to me. One of the things that I'm starting to understand about myself is that when something has been really influential to me, I am very stubborn about change and just don't want to let anything happen to it because I love the way it is. Of course, you all know that Ahsoka has had a really big influence on a good portion of my life. So to me, a new actress coming to play Ahsoka feels like this huge part of my childhood is being replaced and rewritten because maybe Rosario Dawson's version of Ahsoka won't feel at all like Ashley's version. To me, it feels like all the future generations of Star Wars fans will only know this new version of Ahsoka, for better or for worse, and not the one that I've grown up with, and that's really scary to me. I don't want my Ahsoka to only exist in my memory, and I know this is an exaggeration, obviously I'm not the only Ahsoka fan who's gonna remember the Clone Wars days, but it feels like it sometimes and that makes me feel like she won't really exist anymore. I know this all must sound like worst-case scenario spiraling to you all, and maybe you don't feel this way or understand, 
But since it came up, I just wanted to share how I'm feeling and why. Maybe some of you can relate, and in that case, I want you to know that you are not alone in feeling this. But back to Retta. This probably wasn't the answer you were looking for, and I really hope this doesn't burst your bubble because I honestly feel so happy that you're excited. I do have some positive thoughts about the Ahsoka show. Like you said, it would be awesome to get a lot of Ezra in the show and see him and Sabine fighting together. I'm excited to see Thrawn. I've read all six of the canon novels about him, and I hope he lives up to those. It's amazing to see Sabine and the ghost crew in live action. And all this to say, these are my very complicated thoughts about the Ahsoka trailer. Thank you very much for the voicemail, Retta. And now it's time for our Drabble. If you are unfamiliar with this term, a Drabble is a short story exactly 100 words long, and I read one I wrote every episode. This week, I was inspired by my thoughts about the Ahsoka trailer, which was inspired by Reddit's voicemail, and I ended up with a very accurate parallel that I found almost by accident. It contains spoilers for the season 5 finale of Clone Wars, and is set sometime soon after that. Its title is Acceptance, and let's hear it. Obi-Wan lowered himself onto the ground next to the younger man, unsure of how to begin. I need her to come back, Anakin said finally. She's been by my side for so long. Anakin, Ahsoka's not coming back. We need to accept this. No, we don't, the boy snapped. Accepting is letting ourselves forget she was ever here. It's not forgetting her. It's learning how to carry on in this new world while still honoring her. It's gaining, not losing. Anakin stood abruptly. You don't understand. Anakin, she does exist, and I won't pretend she doesn't. Obi-Wan just sighed. As I'm sure you figured out, Anakin's feelings about Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order are basically my feelings about the Ashley Eckstein Ahsoka not being in the Ahsoka show. I'm not totally sure who Obi-Wan represents in this drabble, but I already wrote about Padme comforting Anakin after Ahsoka leaves, and Obi-Wan and Anakin are just a classic duo I had to put in here. There is really not much else to say about this, other than I am so glad to have more doable voices this time, i.e. not Zeb or Wrecker. Also, I really liked finding such a good reflection of my own thoughts in Star Wars. It's such an awesome feeling when you can find these kinds of parallels and you recognize that you can't possibly be alone in your emotions. If you have any thoughts about this episode or Dravel, if you want to contact me, or if you just want to help the show grow, here are some ways you can do so. You can send me an email through my fan email, which is for lightandlife.podcast at gmail.com. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but for whatever reason, you can't send in a voicemail. That being said, you can absolutely send me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. There's a link in the description for that. As long as it is family-friendly and you have not specifically asked me not to, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. This helps new people come over and find the podcast. 
Go ahead and follow the show if you like these sort of episodes. It comes out every other Sunday. Finally, please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.